you're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that, you know, Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. We are coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various historic Colorado, Arizona, and California beer districts. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is, of course, the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over a bazillion times all over the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. We've got a special guest tonight that you'll be hearing from later for our trail of the month segment where is everyone signing in from tonight Dilo, i am in the heart of boulder's historic beer district coming to you live from the back porch of a little known watering hole where i will be recording until i get cold spesh I have shrunk myself, and I am in <laughs> Lakewood, Colorado. On a lawn, apparently. In a lawn. No, taller than, a- no taller than a blade of, gl- of grass. Okay. I, 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 Honey, I shrunk the nade. P.O.D. is going by the trail name Falrus tonight, not to be confused with Walrus. P.O.D., where are you signing in from? It's not Winter Manatee. It's Fall Walrus. So it's Falrus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am signing in from Disco's half of the bed in the bedroom. Say what? Mm-hmm. Oh, how dare you! And I just have a ton of broccoli. Oh wow! You know, <laughs> you I drank didn't get it nearly too. the flatulence from the broccoli that you promised. No. Do you oh. drink your broccoli? Is that what I no, saw you that doing? That was a separate thing. That was my green drink. She, she ah. bl- she'll she'll put it in a blender and just drink it straight. No, I don't drink broccoli. I like to eat. I like a crunchiness. What kind of blender do you have? I have a neutral uh, bullet. bullet. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, not a show sponsor, unfortunately. Uh, I am signing in from a a bed of orange flowers in New Zealand, but also from Slida, Colorado, in in our living room. And Triple O will be with us shortly. He'll be signing in from Arizona this evening. We'll have to talk to him about that. All right, Pod. Let's uh, let's set the menu, and we need to speak on the beer. So. Which order, menu or beer? I think beer? we should just speak on the beer. Okay, let's speak on the let beer. Listeners just have the show as it comes to them. This wow, is my... do you think they can handle that? I think. I mean, I know, know. A lo- I know a lot of our listeners get out a note and, and pad and a pen and paper and really write down all of the things we talk about during yeah. setting the table. Well, and they, make they sure should we because, hit it all. because oftentimes there's at least 20% that we don't do, so... Well, Instead this of is, disappointing uh, our listeners this month, let's just th- not tell them everything that's on the list. This is Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. So Dilo, take it away. Um, if my listeners could see us, they would see this perplexed, ex- perplexed expression on my face, wondering what our Beer of the Month is, because 
I have no idea. It looks like to me, it is some Odell's from a mixed pack. Sippin' Pretty is probably a, I think that's a sour. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fruity this is sour. A fruited sour. It's quite tasty. I'm, I'm guessing special that you had one of these. Um, <laughs> unique blend of acai, guava, and elderberry. Beauty, who gave us this? Elderberry. Beer? Did you say elderberry? Uh huh. I have pink that... sea salt beer pops with bright ruby color and refreshing tartvish. It's good. It's a fruited sour, but it's not like over the top. It's really delicious. No. Be right back. Did you have some of this special? I'll be right back with some elderberries. Did you have some of this special? Um, I did not drink any of those. Were those donated by Bombadil? Yes, these are from Bombadil. He's a a through hiker. Was doing the PCT. Now he's doing the Colorado Trail. PCT he, refugee. I'm not going to use that term. Okay. Not a fan. Okay. Um, and he stayed at our house uh, Saturday night. Well, stayed at our house. He slept on our patio. Um, on the concrete, which was impressive. Anyway, he he left us this uh mixed pack of Odell, which was quite generous of him, on a through hike. Yeah, I've already um, gone through nice. like ten before yeah, the show really today delicious. i had the kindling the kindling's all right the kindling golden ale yeah oh yeah yeah that's that's this belgian one. golden it's all right i have one yeah it's a golden ale it says golden mm-hmm. ale to spark change mm-hmm. i have so. had that sip in pretty before and it is it is definitely uh yeah. i think a tasty beer oh and it yeah. is the oktoberfest time of year people yeah. i'm currently drinking the oktoberfest marson style lager also from odell brewing company care of bombadil so Muchas gracias, Bombadil. We appreciate your hospitality and beer. And in my hand, I have a freshly picked batch of elderberries from this giant elderberry what? bush in my neighbor's yard that grows into my yard. Are you going to um, make it into beer on the show? Nope. Uh, I'm not going to do anything with these tonight, but I think I'm going to pick a bunch more and make some elderberry syrup um, over Ooh, the next week nice. or two. I have already made... Um, a substantial amount of elderberry jam and i really don't need to make any more elderberry (laughs) jam i have so much jam yeah Uh, our very own princess of darkness has been known to take a 30 milliliter dropper full of elderberry extract to help i think with her immune system Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep i do two a day funny thing about elderberries you can't eat them raw they have a small amount of cyanide in them Ooh. and they will cause digestive distress. Now, my neighbor, an elderly gentleman, was aware of this, but wanted to see if it was really true. So he put some elderberries into his smoothies. And by the way, my neighbor Roberto is well known in the neighborhood for his delicious smoothies. Mm. Well, Roberto put some elderberries in his smoothie, mixed it up, said it tasted delicious. However, later that night, he came down with some diarrhea. Thanks okay. to the cyanide in the elderberries. So, if you are like me and you see a large bush of elderberries and you start to collect them, make sure you cook them down. Don't shove them into your mouth by the handful. You will regret it. Trail tip. There it is. Speaking of berries, I'm I'm drinking the uh, uh, blueberry cream ale from Sheboygan Brewing. This is one of the one of the final holdouts of uh, wow. some some Whoa. old trail show uh, beer donations from months ago. Is it That's skunked? Is it beer. still legit? It still tastes pretty good. Okay, beer doesn't beer doesn't go. Bad. I mean, it's it's been in in the back of a refrigerator since yeah. 
since I got it. So that is a holdout. That might be about six months. That could be six months at this point, a six month holdout. That, that sounds about right. Six, wow. six, seven months, something like that. Yeah. I think I sent you home with all of my non keepers like a long, long Special. time ago. <laughs> I think, I think that beer you're drinking may be from one Anthony Pitts. Mm-hmm. It is. And the reason I know that is because we gave him a new trail name that involved the name of that brewery. Mm. POD, would you care to speak on it? Yes. He actually wanted that. Anthony Sheboygan Brewing Pits. Boom, bam. Okay. Very good. Well, that's our beer of the month. Ladies and gentlemen, Tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. Okay. So, um, I'm, I'm going to talk about the fact that California closed uh, for a couple weeks there. All of the national forests in California closed, which uh, effectively ended the, the hiking season for uh, quite a few Sobos, at least on the PCT. Um, and uh, it has since reopened. It reopened just the other day. Uh, and I'm sure there are plenty of people who are, you know, getting back on the trail, but uh, it was closed for a couple of weeks there. So mm-hmm. um, pr- pretty problematic. But I think it's pretty smoky. It is yeah. pretty smoky. There's still plenty of fires. There's still other areas that are closed that, that aren't, that weren't reopened as part of the, uh, you know, when they closed all of the national forests, that was kind of it. When they undid that, some of the places that, are, that were closed because of um, local fires, excuse me, um, stayed closed, obviously. So in any case, uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, not, not a real fun thing to have come up during your PCT hike. Definitely kind of, you know, had me thinking about you know, what we discussed in the, in, was it last show or the previous one? Uh, where yeah, last show. Yeah. About the idea of, of a continuous PCT through hike, getting just kind of a tighter and tighter constraint on that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be able to even do it, it's going to be earlier starts and getting lucky and, and mm-hmm. probably walking around stuff that burned the year before, you know, whatever, whatever reroutes they they come up with having to having to take them um because even when a when a fire's out doesn't mean that again the trail just suddenly opens a lot of times they got to go through there do all of the cleanup and repair before those sections can open right. and of course then they're burnt too so um anyway not real cool pretty pretty unfortunate news but there it is okay in other pct related news uh, Liz Bergeron, which is, I think how you say that last name, but probably I'm a little wrong. Any relation to Tom um, Bergeron of Dancing I have the no Stars. idea who that is. Liz Bergeron, okay. who's been the executive <laughs> director of the uh, PCTA for God ever, I think, Decades. since I started hiking. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she announced her retirement. So good for her. Go out and get some trail miles, girl. Um... That's all I'm going to say. That was just kind of a, a minor story. Uh, she's just been uh, at the helm of the PCTA and and 
working for the trail uh, for quite some time. So a, a well-earned retirement, um, uh, I would say. Okay, let's see. Two more stories I'm going to talk about real fast. The first one is uh, another Colorado 14er got um, shut down or marked off limits due to private ownership being concerned about being sued. Uh, so Mount Lindsay um, in the Sangre de Cristo now has a bunch of public access is not allowed signs uh, on the trail and you can't go up there legally. Um, and yeah, uh, I actually wanted to talk about this um, rather than uh, whatever we talked about for a while, but they basically are shutting it down because we are in a very litigious society and people will sue for anything for any reason. And that's essentially the reason that, that they, they are shutting it down. So I guess there's like a lot to unpack as far as, uh, you know, whether people ought to be able to own mountains and, and shut off access to, to these, what are basically public places um, because they're afraid of somebody suing. And I think there's maybe some, some conversations to be had about like people suing for ridiculous things and courts actually giving standing for these things. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, one more 14er, you, you, you can't go legally hike now. Special. Um, I randomly went and hiked Lindsay in August and I never hiked 14ers in August as a rule of thumb. And it was the first one I did this year. I went with POD, but POD didn't actually go with me up Lindsay. She had already done it. Um, I'm what I'm curious about though, and I haven't been able to find this. Maybe you saw it. Was this based on the landowner actually getting sued for something or was this just based on maybe the threat? No, it's, 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 uh, it's based on the, uh, not even the threat. It's more like the the concern, uh, possibility. Yeah, yeah. Because there was some other case that happened uh, where somebody, I think a cyclist, hurt themselves somehow, and then sued the private landowner. And it was it was on land that was of like a, a covered by like the same type of of statutes and things that that these landowners are opening up their land to be used under like the, right. that same kind of provision or whatever. Uh, and so since this other case had been successful, they are now like concerned that their, that their liability is greater than they had kind of yeah. thought based on the way that the, that statute had previously been uh, upheld. Um, when I, uh, when I broke my collarbone <clears throat> back in March of last year, or no, it's this year, March of this year, uh, a few weeks after going through surgery and doctors and all this stuff, I actually got emails from my insurance company asking hmm. me to kind of tell them where the, where the incident happened. Was I on private land? You know, how did it happen? Was there anybody at fault? And all of this, I, reading through the lines, all of this was the insurance company trying to figure out if there was somebody that they could sue That's to recoup right. their losses. So part of this situation that we find ourselves in is not so much malintent from individuals, but giant in, insurance companies that have to fork out $50,000 to pay for people's broken collarbones, wanting to recoup some of their losses and looking for a way to do it, which I thought when I got that letter was really interesting. 
to see what did like, you tell how him? that works. Nothing. I was on the national forest land when, you know, there's nobody to sue. Yeah. I mean, so, you're yeah. absolutely right. And I think that's yeah. a, uh, you know, a, a big part of this issue is that, uh, it, it's too easy for for everybody to sue everybody for anything these mm-hmm. days. Yep. It's unfortunate that people who do happen to own these mountains are concerned enough about this kind of thing that they close them. I I also feel like on the other hand closing them and then citing these concerns is a little bit of like a well, give us more, give us more protection, give us more protection. And I, I, I have a little bit of a, I have an issue with, with, uh, with people that own mountains being like, I need more, more liability protection before I can let anybody hike on my mountain. I feel like there should be some ways to be able to like, allow them to allow access while also not opening them up to liability. I, I have certain sympathies and certain aggravations on like, both the landowners and the users side of this thing. Have we got a lawyer that we could ask uh, some legal <laughs> advice from tonight on the show, perhaps? Toy law is very difficult. I mean, it just is. It just, it's a very complex, where do you draw the line? I mean, even like the famous McDonald's coffee case is completely misunderstood by the public. Like McDonald's was literally superheating their coffee so they could get money. And then this, they spilled it. This lady spilled it. It was so hot that it like caused her severe burns. I mean, and everyone laughs like, "Oh, she spilled coffee in Sue McDonald's." But actually, Sue McDonald's was heating the coffee so high that that it was dangerous, and they knew it was dangerous. But they did it because it made old people sit in their restaurants and buy more food. So, mm. I mean, tort law is incredibly difficult. It's hard. It's always easy to point to cases and say, "Well, that's this is ridiculous." And there are many ridiculous cases, but there are some legitimate ones and it's really hard to draw those lines but it does seem like there should be a fix especially in a state like Colorado where public recreation is so big that the state legislature or someone should come in and and, and figure this out and, and put in a law or something that would limit the yeah. liability or make the state be responsible somehow yeah if the state if the state's got a, a right of way through there for public access and public recreation then like that just effectively make that for legal purposes if things happen on that stretch make it public land make it like it happened on state land so anyway i want to i want to talk about my last story because this is actually a pretty cool one to me um and i know we're running short on time and need to move on so yeah, we're out of time but yeah so uh somebody took my fkt oh yeah um yeah so a local colorado gentleman by the name of and i don't know how to say uh this name it's um i think it might just be paul but it's a, a p-a-w-e-l and then his last name i don't even i'm i'm afraid but it's s-z-a-f-r-u-g-a uh zafruga i think uh paul zafruga uh from fruta colorado uh in 43 days and uh six hours 50 minutes um, completed all of Colorado's 14,000 foot peaks, all 58 of them, including Culebra, uh, as a single self-supported walk. Um, so somebody else went out and finally was stupid enough to do, or whatever, enough to do, uh, the 14 ers through hike. He did not use my, um, my route that I devised. Uh, his was, uh, his, his route was a little shorter. 
Uh, he did it in um, uh, eleven hundred and eighty-two miles. No, no, his. Hey, you know, just kidding. He, I'm uh, kidding. I I am actually curious to see his route, um, just to see like how he went about it. Um, it's definitely shorter than ours. Ours was like thirteen fifty. Mm. Um, similar elevation gain. He said two hundred ninety-seven thousand feet. Uh, we were uh, kind of ambiguous on ours because of some GPS reset issues. And yeah, so congratulations to him. I reached out on Instagram and offered my congratulations. Uh, he's actually currently suffering from some, uh, what is it, liver problems as a result Ooh. of his uh, my God. his attempt. Wow. He got this thing where you start to digest your own muscle. Uh, but that can have like some some bad impacts uh, like plenty of hikers have done a little bit of digesting of their own muscles probably but um, he kind of he kind of did it in a way that's probably yeah he probably did it in a way that was like right at the very edge of his physiological capability yeah. and um, which he, he kind of has the attitude I guess of like well at least I know I gave it my all <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he's apparently uh, he's currently recovering and uh um i think it's it's pretty awesome man 43 days what was respect. your hiking respect uh because 40 say i think that when i first devised my my maxima or like my minimum number of days that i thought it could possibly be done in my route at least I, I called it um, 64 days. Wow. I think that's what it was. We ended up taking 72 days to, to do ours. Okay. So the idea of doing it in 40, I'm like, well, good Lord, no, but no wonder your body's almost broken and trying to shut down. Um, pretty amazing, pretty amazing push. So my, uh, my sincere congratulations to Paul on his amazing completion of the 14ers that was that's that's awesome i only wish awesome. that i'd known it was happening while it was ha while it was happening so mm -hmm. i could have like watched his spot and stuff like that that would have been awesome to actually track but anyway that's it that's all the news i got oh one thing i want to mention about uh i didn't hear that powell had this this body digesting its own liver issue which sounds pretty severe Hustle. but pod may want to uh confirm this but i've heard that elderberry syrup can uh reverse that condition pod would you like to confirm Le okay. would not like to confirm that okay yeah that's what i've heard elderberry syrup can do wonders to reverse that condition we'll have to solicit some advice further advice from our doctors our medical staff here on the trail show Sounds very good, good. Okay. thanks all right we're going to move right into our trail of the month we have a special guest this evening our next guest hails from the smoky state and as a gentleman, we first met back in 2015 along the Wind River High Route. He is a yes. walker, walker of long trails, photographer of illustrious landscapes, and little-known expert on all things science and stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's give it up for Flamingo. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Good to see you. Hello. Good to see you. Is my audio okay? It's great. Sounds great. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the introduction, Disco. Well, I'm curious, uh, POD. I said, what, what, why does uh, Flamingo have a 
podcast set up and she said it's because he's an expert expert in what oh he said science and stuff so sciencey things and he was like what does that mean i said i don't know that's what he said to me <laughs> what does it mean uh yeah i do science for a living I, I work for a little biotech company and i i find myself talking to a lot of people around the world so it's um nice to have good audio yeah. can you tell us the names of a couple of podcasts that you've been on recently um uh, they have arcane names one was called biotech 2050 oh that mm. sounds really riveting google my name and that you'll find it you can hear okay. all about looking for new drugs for parkinson's disease wow okay. okay you do important work well yeah it's all relative i think probably the most important work would be like fixing climate change but you know in the, in the meantime also yeah very important <laughs> we don't actually do important work here at the trail show but we're happy no. to have you on the show tonight to talk about a trail I did not even know about. It's California's three pass loop. Yeah. And actually, before we jump into that, there is a story about POD that the world needs to hear. Oh, no. Please. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, yes. Well, this summer I learned that POD, the beloved and world famous POD, seems to be able to conjure trail magic like anytime, anywhere, on demand. We were on, yeah, we were on Mount Whitney, and unsolicited parties were offering her peanut butter, pro bars, chocolate, <laughs> jelly, fresh baked bread, what, charcuterie plates. <laughs> Why? It, it was trail magic on biblical proportions. So okay. she's a good one to have in your corner if you're on a route. That's it. That's all we get is that she can just make it happen. We don't know no background. No. The best part is that everything that was offered had peanuts in it and snorkel can't have peanuts. So <laughs> I got all of it. Oh, I bet that killed her. Yeah. But I did find an unopened almond butter packet on the way up that I gave to her because she could have that. Hmm. So oh, you're a real hero. And I also gave her toilet paper when she ran out and sunscreen. So take that triple O. Oh, so no, the, yeah. the the three of you, so POD, Snorkel, and Flamingo, you all hiked together this summer? We did. I was with them for a couple days. It seems okay. like the trail magic flows from the world to POD and then from POD to Snorkel. It's... <laughs> that sounds about right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, talk to us about the three-pass loop. We do not we, – we've heard that you're an expert on all things Sierra. I assume this route's in the Sierra somewhere. So what is it? Where is it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a route I put together and, and just to zoom out and give some context, I feel like this past year of COVID lockdowns, quarantines, travel restrictions has really been sort of like an invitation for all of us to reflect on our relationships with our home ranges or, you know, whatever wild spaces are in our own backyard. Um, so my home range is the Sierra and I love putting together roots in the Sierra um, but during this like COVID reality, I've spent a lot of time reevaluating places that I had visited numerous times before, erroneously thought that I had seen all there was to see, but instead I'm finding like new ways to engage, new opportunities for adventure, new ways to challenge myself. So that's the genesis of this route. Um, kind of the logistical concept was I wanted to visit the headwaters of three major watersheds that are each really different. And I wanted to put that together into a high route. And so those three watersheds are the San Joaquin River, which is, you know, really characterized by this like dazzling array of rainbow colored mineral deposits and all this volcanic geology. 
Um, the second is the Merced River, whose headwaters form this kind of like vast granite amphitheater at the foot of the Clark Mountain Range. And the third watershed is the Tuolumne River, whose headwaters are in Lyle Canyon, which is a, a place that a lot of us know and love from the JMT and the PCT. Yeah. So anyway, I put together a route that connects all these really special places, and it does so by linking three significant off-trail high passes, which mm -hmm. specifically are North Glacier Pass, Blue Lake Pass, and the Parsons Peak Traverse. And all of these are kind of in the class two, light class three range. Um, so anyway, I call it the three passes high route. Uh, strictly speaking, it does cross a few other minor passes and coals along the way. Um, but it makes a nice loop that goes car to car, same trailhead to the same trailhead, which is really perfect for sort of this COVID era where things like resupply and shuttles and hitchhiking may or may not be okay. It really kind of varies. Um, mm. So, so that's the the route. The just by the numbers, it's uh, a little over fifty miles with fifteen thousand foot gain and loss. It's nearly all off trail. Um, eight miles overlap with Roper's Sierra High Route, which is the section from North Glacier to Blue Lake. Uh, six of the miles are on the JMT, just going over Donahue Pass to return to the car. But what, what's really like exciting to me is that with the exception of the first and last two miles, the entire route is in that really sweet spot between nine and 12,000 feet, which is my favorite ecosystem in the Sierra. It's that almost like mythic realm of vast granite spires and delicate alpine tarns and wildflower meadows. Um, and so, you know, in my mind, being able to do a high route that stays in that zone is just really, really a sweet and special thing. Wow, 50 miles. So how long? did you take to do the the loop so i had scheduled six days um okay. i i finished it in four and a half you could leisurely do this over a much longer time because there's so many peak bagging opportunities in this part of the sierra uh, i mean the whole sierra is known for peak bagging but this particular kind of confluence of these headwaters makes for some interesting situations where there's a lot of 12ers and 13ers you can bag without getting too technical so things like Electra Peak, Mount Florence, Mount Lyle, uh, and then you know, obviously Ritter and Banner and, and the minarets are right there too. Um, you could probably FKT this in like two and a half days if you were hardcore. Wow. What's the uh, permit and bear can situation for the loop? Yeah, so my permit was through Inyo National Forest. I started and stopped at Rush Creek Trailhead. Um, I think parts of the route do not require bear cans, but it goes through Yosemite. So that's yep. a required bear can zone. Um, and honestly, I, I took one anyway, not so much for the bears, but for all the things like pikas, marmots, squirrels that I personally find to be more annoying than bears. Did you see any bears? I did see one bear in Yosemite. The, it was actually during the day. The, the back part of this route goes up um, near the Vogelsang area. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I just saw a bear wandering down the trail about a few hundred yards in front of me. No big deal. Wow. That's always no. a treat. Any other wildlife uh, out there that you saw worth mentioning? Oh, I mean, just all the all the best stuff in the Sierras, you know, the marmots and and uh, lots of bird song and just kind of all that stuff that is in that tree-lined ecosystem. Mm. You guys, feel free to jump in. Otherwise, I'm going to ask Flamingo a thousand questions because I've had <laughs> I have a thousand questions. Uh, do you go above tree-line when you go over the passes, or any like? I guess another way to to say that is. How much of the route is above treeline? I would say more than 50% is above treeline. Wow. You, you start okay. below treeline, then you kind of get up to cruising altitude, and then you just, you're up there. 
Um, and that whole section on uh, on ropers, that little little section on ropers, that's all above tree line. I mean, there's a few little random clusters of trees that I would sort of hang out at for a shade break, but uh, otherwise it's up there. And I was going to say that the my favorite section is this thing called the the Parsons Peak Traverse. It's mm -hmm. one of those situations where the peak is the pass. Um, Parsons Peak is not super popular in Yosemite because it's surrounded by higher and more famous peaks. Um, but I was talking to a friend of mine from the High Sierra Topics community, um, and I, it came to my attention that I could like turn this peak into a pass, and that sort of unlocked this whole this whole route in my mind. But that's up there. That's that's a whole section just you know walking on ridges up up in the sky. What's the uh, Talus Scree situation on this this route? It's uh, ranges from annoying to super annoying to, uh, to to doable. I don't. I think I ever felt dangerous per se, but there's some sections like especially going over Blue Lake Pass, uh, which people who've done the SHR would know about. Um, that is, uh, you know, it's it's kind of some rough, crumbly scree. You know, it was getting in my shoes. I had to take it slow. I think I did a quarter mile in in about half hour. Any opportunities for scree skiing? Numerous, especially on that uh, on that roper section. That is the sweet spot for you, P.O.D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flamingo, you mentioned uh, difficult class two, easy class three. Let's say you've only hiked the Pacific Crest Trail and the John Muir Trail before, and you come out to do the three-pass loop. Are you going to end up slightly terrified and horrified at different points on this route, or would this be within the realm of something that it only hiked those two trails uh, could do? I mean, everyone's mileage may vary. I don't know if this would be the first off-trail route I would pick had I only done the PCT or the JMT. Okay. Um, and I think actually the real challenge isn't so much the talus, but more to some of the route finding. Um, mm -hmm. And so anyone who's done Roper's, Roper's route knows about this section west of Glacier Lake Pass. There's, it's a really cool section, but it's a long series of waterfalls. Um, and the best way to traverse is um, this kind of complicated maze of ledges and grassy terraces. And you need to sort of swing away from the waterfall and traverse back um, and then pick up like an old mule trail and the whole mix of it. Um, I had pretty good notes with me and I had done my homework. Um, I think it's one of those sections, though, if you don't have good beta and, and don't really or don't have familiarity with that sort of terrain, you might find it to be sort of frustrating, Freaky. challenging and yeah, anxiety inducing. Mm. Yeah. When you find yourself at the top of a little ledge with no way down, and yet now you need to backtrack. Oh, and how many times do you have to do that, right? That sort of thing. So it, it could be scary, but it also could just be really annoying because you're just like, oh, I just, if I was just a deer, I could just jump down that 15 foot ledge. I've thought that to myself once or twice. Never did totally. jump down that 15 foot I mean, I think... ledge. Wanted to, sure wanted to, but it's I never okay, D-Lo. I've thought about being a deer before too. Yeah, you could just then you could just bound. Oof, oof. D-Lo, this sounds exactly like the kind of route I think that you would really dig. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Just knowing what you like in the sangres and like different different stuff like that, I bet you. D-Lo, uh, I think you and I actually go do this hike together. I 100. <laughs> percent The one thing that I'm not a fan of though is just long, long 
stretches of talus. Just, I, there, I don't really find walking for long stretches of talus to be all that fun. It what actually not? can be a good workout, though. It can be a good workout. It's you really get some, good for your ankles. It's, it's good like for your ankles. You can get some upper body workout. Yeah, but I, I yeah know, it's just, like a puzzle. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> that's that's how I view talus, at least. Flamingo, when you were there, you were there this summer, is that correct? Yeah, just earlier in June. So you were there in June. There was absolutely no snow in the High Sierra in June. And was the weather clear then? Was the weather stable? I, June was before most of the fires started. So you had nice blue skies, I assume. How, how was the weather on this hike this year? I got pretty lucky. It was a little bit windy, but no, no rain. You know, I've been backpacking in the Sierras my whole life, and I used to have these rules of thumb of how the weather should be or shouldn't be in particular times of year. But I feel like that's honestly just all out the window now. You know, it's some years it's not even snowing for the first snow till January. Other times it's pouring snow in June. I, I don't even know. I, I So I'm, I'm reluctant to say that my experience will necessarily extrapolate to someone else's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yet you had good weather, clear skies, no snow. Yeah, and I think if the, if there were lightning going on, this might be a route you would want to uh, exercise extra caution along. What about maps and resources? Like if someone wanted to do this route, what do you recommend they have on their person for navigation? Yeah, definitely topos and a compass. I think that's uh, you know a 10 essential sort of thing. Um, I did have a GPS with me with some waypoints I'd, I'd preloaded just by doing some research in Google Earth and some some key things I wanted to hit, like some some specific points on the coals and passes, um, and I think without a GPS I would have been okay. But there were some tricky bits, especially on that roper section, where having the GPS just gave me confidence I was committing to the right gully before I you know bombed down that scree shoot. Mm. If, if if someone you don't want to go back up the scree shoot no. in case you make a mistake. No, you don't. That's not that's not on your fun list. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, flamingo. Your ankles. If someone like, uh, let's say, there's a hiker out there that wanted to do the exact same loop that you did, like for instance, like Paul Max. Like, let's say he wanted to do the exact same route. Is there a place Paul Max could download your exact GPX track to put on his on his iPhone and and just not take a map and just follow the iPhone blindly? Not exactly. He's welcome to visit my, my website, um, hikingflamingo.com. You can get my trip notes, my, my kind of the, the main points you want to hit on a map. Um, I tend to not give people just pre-baked GPS tracks. I think it's, there's something about kind of like our digital footprint. And part of the fun of these routes is knowing the passes you want to hit and kind of the safety things you need to hit and then, and then figuring the rest of the route out. Well, I'll let Mags know. Uh, Can you tell us more about your Sierra nerd group? I was very impressed by that when we were hiking this summer. Uh, my Sierra nerd group? Yes. <laughs> well, I do find this topic to be super interesting. I could talk about it all day. Um, so High Sierra Topics is a not-for-profit yeah. community resource uh, dedicated to outdoor activities in the Sierra. I think the emphasis is on backpacking, mountaineering, and fishing. Um, I'm not here to hype it up, nor am I a spokesperson for the community, but I think talking about my experience might touch on some bigger themes that you would connect with. Um, so within this community, there's maybe a thousand registered members um, and what feels like maybe a hundred of us core members are actively engaging in exchanging route beta, trip reports, condition updates, 
And a lot of it kind of feels like secret knowledge. Um, so on the face value, that's, that's great. But I think beneath the surface, the theme that I think is more interesting is kind of like this intergenerational knowledge exchange. And what I mean by that is that within this community, there's a lot of mountaineers of a certain age who grew up backpacking in the Sierra before the World Wide Web was so widespread. And they know a lot of stuff about the Sierra that we are unlikely to find in guidebooks or on summit posts and definitely not on Instagram. And so over the past decade, I've become involved with this community. I've met several of the members in real life on different occasions. Um, and I've been really fortunate to be on the receiving end of this sort of intergenerational brain download. And one thing I've really come to appreciate about the Sierra is that there exist hundreds, if not thousands of off-trail passes, coals, abandoned routes uh, for which there is little or no beta easily available online. And putting this knowledge into action by building routes that visit these sort of forgotten places um, has really become kind of like a joy and passion of mine. It's really cool. Those, those cool. trails are always fun because it's you never know what's quite going to be there. You knew that there was a trail there back in the 60s, maybe as late as the 70s. And you know that it's overgrown, but the route still can sometimes be found. There's kind of a grade that you can sometimes find. That's that's always really fun. I definitely enjoy the uh, the finding a trail or what used to be a trail and and not being able to find it on any map and going, well, what the heck is this and where'd that come from? So that definitely sounds pretty cool. That's that's much more interesting than when you're on a trail that's supposed to exist and no longer does at all. <laughs> yes. Cool. Anything else uh, we should ask Flamingo about the three pass loop before we bid adieu? I assume there's water galore once you get off the high ridges and down into the valleys, get below that pass. Totally. I did this in June. I was hitting little tarns every mm -hmm. quarter of a mile. I mean, I don't know how it would be in August, but uh, it was it was great for me. I never had more than a bottle filled. Were you myself. above the mosquitoes? Uh, alas, no. Especially in the Yosemite part, there was a, a couple couple rough days of bites. Uh huh. Would you say the mosquitoes were hellacious, really bad, or just kind of <laughs> bothersome? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'll leave the the value qualifiers to you. I think they're just price of admission. Hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Gosh, that's so stoic. That's you know, awesome. it's um, it's funny when we met Flamingo, we met him on Knapsap Cole, and um, pretty quickly he let me know that he was hiking much faster than I was. <laughs> oh, I knew this was gonna come up. Uh huh. <laughs> Continue. And, uh, and then we ended up camping together several days later, which is funny because he's so fast thought he would have been long gone you know but uh the summer when we went out on the high route i had the uh the luxury of being in in colorado and having been up at fourteen thousand feet several times before the hike so i was much more acclimated than than flamingo and uh snorkel so that first pass it was difficult for them because they couldn't breathe and um and when we took off from our little break, I was last and I couldn't wait to pass Flamingo. So I could say, excuse me, I think I'm hiking a bit faster than you. Do you mind moving out of the way? <laughs> oh my God, you're never going to let me live that story down. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. 
you were a rock star this summer. You were you were just like totally kicking butt. It was awesome to see. Even with eight days of food on your pack, you were oh laughing, laughing me. So heavy. Well, thanks for that. It was fun. I enjoyed hiking. And, and if you ever get the chance to hike with Mr. Flamingo here, he is an incredible photographer. Yes. So. Flamingo, I don't, I, a real quick anecdote. I don't know if you remember this, but you actually taught me um, how to use, how to take night sky shots with a sony rx mark two mark three i don't remember which you you showed me briefly how to do it in 2015 while on the wind river high route i took down some notes and then we were in new zealand later that year and i used your method and it worked i was able to take some nice shots of the new zealand night sky so thank you you're welcome amazing (laughs) just passing it on Yeah, man. Much appreciated. So the website is hikingflamingo.com. You can go there and learn a little bit more about the three pass loop. And also be sure to check out biotech 2050. Okay. It's a great podcast. (laughs) You learn about all kinds of things. You probably don't know anything about flamingo. Thank you for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much friends. I'll see you later. All right, folks, we've got to take a break. When we come back, I think triple O's got some calls on the hotline and we might Have a few trip reports. TBD, don't go anywhere. Trail Show will be back. This is Luisa and Zach on the Via Generica, and we just want to say we have no idea what the trail show is. We've never heard of it, and we have no intention of ever listening to it. We also really hate hiking. Our feet hurt. We got rained on yesterday. I don't know what we're doing or where we're going, but um, <clears throat> yeah, hiking sucks. Don't recommend three out of ten. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Some folks from the Via Generica chiming in. All right. Not listening to the Cheers. show. Very good. All right, we're back. Um, Triple O, uh, while we've got a moment, um, Trail Show Nation, what they don't know is that you came on the show and then you had to immediately leave because your wife was missing and you seemed a little frantic. Please tell us that you found her. <laughs> I found her. She was just off on a walk. I think I, we just moved, so I was like a little bit concerned because... I had no idea. It was like, first of all, it's in like the Phoenix area. So there's no reason to be out walking before the sun sets unless you want to cook yourself like a turkey in an oven. Um, so I was a little worried. And then I managed to find her on some random street. Um, okay. So mischief managed. <laughs> so she was, she was the entire She was t- fine. She okay. was fine. She was like, what's wrong? Was, and what was you know, that? It was one of those those ones where like one of you like someone you just start to like go through scenarios in your head and you start to panic and then you what was the it. temperature outside when she embarked on her walk? I mean, I have no idea. It's been like in the nineties to a hundred most mm-hmm. days we've been here for the first couple of weeks. Um, 
you got like basically about a half hour after the sun rises and then after that like just forget about going outside for extended periods of time wow and then you know once the sun sets it cools off a little bit <laughs> so you're broadcasting live from arizona tonight for the first time yeah we've uh wow set up uh, a bobby stanton studios here nice and... <laughs> congrats congrats yeah yes looks like some adobe uh, wall action behind you I, i'm just yeah guessing. our house is actually made out of like straw and mud <laughs> wow oh, cool. Cool. cool so it's very thick uh it is very difficult to get cell reception inside of it but other than that oh, wow. it's very good for um insulation i guess i don't know <laughs> awesome well triple o did you have any do we have any hotline calls this month we do. We do have some hotline calls. Call the Trisha. Call the Trisha. 720-893-2269. We have just, a, first, let's start with just a very quick, quick one. What's up, Trail Show? That's it. That's the whole call. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. Can we get that again? One more time, please. Yeah, I missed it. What's up, Trail Show? <laughs> I don't know who it is. I don't That's know what great. they want, but they just wanted to say what's up. <laughs> what's, hey, what's up? What's up? Uh, and then this is a much longer, more detailed call, which I will let it explain for itself. That's what's over here. If you will, the PCT 2016, the yellow frog closure on the road walking. Tough broad. Yeah, she's thinking about skipping some trail. Best wet saying through to the through. We're going to walk every damn step. And you know why the trail is a beautiful place? It's because on said road walk journey, what do we encounter? Tough broad's favorite trail soda, Dr. Pepper. And the people stopped on the side of the road. Also had a bucket of freshly cut fruit. Ah, who went through like it doesn't want some freshly cut fruit? And as we get to the re-entrance point to go hike back up to the PCT, yet more lovely folks giving out cans of Coca-Cola and a carton of strawberries that we willingly hiked into the bush. And carried out said garbage because that's how we roll. Hey, peace and love. So there you go. Is that all you said? There wow. was nothing else. That was it. Mm -hmm. Sweats, that was I it. Need to call the hotline next month and provide us a little updates. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the take home lesson here is all these PCT hikers complaining about the closures. I mean, look at Bear Sweats. He, they had that frog closure. They could just and walk. The they, just handled it. they just handled it. They just handled it. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Fresh I don't know fruit. what people are complaining about this year. You know what they could do? They could Coca -Cola, walk the road. Strawberries. The entire way of California. And then they won't ever have to go to New Zealand because they'll already have done an entire through hike on the road. They carried it into the bush. <laughs> It'll be way faster, lower mileage, too, if you just yeah. take the interstate. Peace totally. and Peace and love. Any awesome. Any more calls we should play, or should we split them up and parse them out, Triple O? That's it. The trail show hotline has been oh very quiet God, this man. month. Mm, I even did a post. Did you guys see my uh, my post that I did? 
I put a I little of porta potty. Oh, I did. A video the of the porta potty people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We have one minute each. One minute and one minute only. Trip reports. What have you done since the last trail show? Who's going to start us off? I will. 60 seconds, D-Lo, go. I hiked a 14er. I didn't mean to hike a 14er. I haven't hiked a 14er in like 10 or 15 years. Let it be known that I have hiked 15 14ers. This 14er that I hiked, I had hiked before. What happened was went out on a nice little uh, sub 24 hour weekday hike, camped, went up the south ridge of Mount Bierstadt. Beautiful ridge, off trail, very, very easy class two walking. Just a touch of talus, Mm. touch of talus. Nothing challenging, nothing puzzling, no real fun in it. Just a touch. Kind of came up to the top of the ridge, crested out. Where did we find ourselves? 200 feet below the summit. Do we go? Do we not go? I don't really like 14ers. They're crowded, man but you're 200 feet below the summit. You gotta go. So we went. And what did we do when we get there? We borrowed a sign from that somebody's wife had printed out for him and got our picture taken on the top of Mount Bierstadt. And then we hiked down and told a man who was flying a drone that you can't do that in wilderness areas, watch out for the ranger and drove home. And that's my trip report. Did the drone man tell you to fuck off? No, he was just like, Whoa, I didn't know I was in a wilderness area. Thanks for letting me know. I don't want my I don't want to get fined or have my drone taken away, is what he said to us. That's but a- then when we got down a trail a little bit further, I think we heard the drone being flown again. Shocked, <laughs> <laughs> shocked, I say. Yep. All right, who's he that? He had all the right answers. He had all the right answers. That's when are they going to they got to start issuing hunting permits for drones in wilderness areas. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a tag but o- only but only with a bow. You can't you, yeah, can't, yeah. you can't use a gun. You got to use a bow. No. Um I went on I went up into the Sangres this past weekend and did a little lollipop loop hike of um the San Isabel Creek basin hmm. with um doing a little bit on the ridge off trail of Hermit Peak and Eureka Mountain. And How was it? Was it? Lovely. Did, you see, did you see any bears? Didn't see any bears. I uh, didn't even see any bear scat. It was fun. I had no idea what that ridgeline was going to be like. I put a tiny bit of effort into researching and then I decided I didn't care. I would just go see what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. Um, there was a little bit of scrambly stuff that was pretty fun, but it was pretty mellow. Ladies and gentlemen, some, uh... I was going to say, I saw some pictures of the Sangres online a few weeks ago, and somebody brought out that there was just all the lodgepole pines down there are dead. Did oh, you yeah. kind of notice that? Like just a lot of dead I trees. I don't notice it except for yeah. when I'm taking pictures. Um, yeah. I don't notice and you're it looking at there. it afterwards. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're there, it still actually looks kind of green because there's green things yep. growing. Exactly. Not all the trees are dead, but when you're up high looking down on it, that's when you could really see just how gray it is. But but yeah. it's cool this particular drainage um it was cool because there one whole side of the valley down low was all aspens so oh. um and they're starting to change a little bit so mm-hmm. that was really kind of the focal point of the view shed which was nice and delo just just for uh 
all those tree tree nerds out there. It's actually the Engelmann spruce trees that are dead in the Sangres, not. Oh, wait, is it? It's not lodgepole. That's correct. So what, what's killing the Engelmann spruce down there? Is it the spruce beetle that's affected the southern part of the state? Okay. Yep, it's mm -hmm. the spruce beetle, and it has decimated a big portion of the Sangres, at least the spruce. And it ha and the spruce beetle has not made it up to northern Colorado. Not that I know of. It's it's huh. been mostly like Durango up to Monarch Pass, a little uh -huh. bit of the Monarch Pass, and then over in the Sangres. But yeah, Northern Colorado hasn't been uh, drastically affected yet. Hmm. Hopefully it won't be. But um, what I was going to say is PUD's being a little modest. PUD had a major accomplishment between now and the last time we, we taped the show, I do believe. Um, she finished all of the 14ers. I did, did that happen after the last show? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. I forgot. Golf clap. Golf clap. Golf clap. Congratulations. Golf clap. And I did get to finish with the Little Bear de Blanca Traverse, which was really, really cool. Slightly um, death-defying. Death great traverse. If, you're, if you've never done a traverse before, I'd recommend that as your first. It's a really good one. So, like, if you've only had the John Muir Trail before, you'd recommend <laughs> Yes, it's definitely where you want to go next. Trail show legal. Should we put a disclaimer here? Um, probably. Just pack in a bunch of elderberries. You'll be yes, good to go. Yeah. That would help you yeah. up there. Just on feast ridge. on the elderberries, man. You'd be styling. <laughs> a little diarrhea could only enhance that traverse. Yep. Oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> Speaking of walking, watching people do make terrible decisions, I went out to the... <laughs> what? Well, people are going to hike that traverse okay. after just hiking the John Muir Trail. I, I did get to go out to the Superstition Wilderness. Oh. Uh, I left, like, we left at, like, 4 a.m. so that we could hike, like, right at dawn for, like, an hour and a half or so to get to this viewpoint. You see, like, Weaver's Needle, which is, like, the Weaver's famous landmark Superstition Wilderness. Weaver's Needle is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a super cool needle, and it's supposedly, you know, like the shadow of it is supposedly somewhere in the shadow of it is where the lost Dutchman's mine is. I mean, according to legend, if it even exists. But um, it was a fun hike. But on the way back, it was starting to crank up the heat. Um, we took like a different route, an off-trail route back, and that was fun. But when we got to the parking lot, we saw like this, like, couple who like clearly didn't know what they were doing and they were looking at the trail maps and like they were like well i think we can do this loop it's about 12 miles <laughs> oh my god and Did it you, was like you talk to the, them? the heat was cranking no i didn't say anything i figured they would they would find out on their own that they wow. cannot do that hike at noon or 11 a.m um but they, i think they're fine I heard nothing about anyone dying out there. So, <laughs> but, I mean, they'll be missing for a while before right. they're presumed it's true. dead. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It has reminded me that umbrellas are a good mm. thing to have. Oh, I man. I lost my umbrella recently, my chrome dome. And let me tell you, I was yeah. so bummed about it. Hey, I wanted to add one detail to my 14ers finish. Oh, okay. I so when we were on, I, I did it with my friend MacGyver. We're, we're past a minute. Peter. I know that, but that's, yeah, that's cool. yeah. Oh, it's okay that's to cool. it's okay to go over a minute for you. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So um, MacGyver and I did the the traverse together, and when we were finishing the traverse, we could see there was someone else on the traverse behind us. Player out, like, triple O. 
And I was like, oh, there, here comes somebody. And, and then when we were hanging out on the summit of Blanca, this guy showed up and he was like, hey, aren't you POD? And I said, I am. And he was like, it's tortilla. And I was like, I thought that was you. This is a guy that I met when I was with Kat. We did Castle and Conundrum. And we had driven all the way to the top of the road, which is a really gnarly road. And he didn't. His car was all the way at the bottom. And, and so we all glissaded down together. And then we gave him a ride all the way down. And he was also finishing that day. So it was nice. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had packed in some these like party hats. He still had to go to Ellingwood. So I gave him one of my party hats so he could take it over to Ellingwood. So it was kind of cool. Side note for Triple O. Triple O, two things. A, Weaver's Needle is Richard Skittles Larson's favorite rock formation in Arizona. And B, as a Grand Enchantment Trail through hiker, you look at Weaver's Needle both in front of you and then behind you for about the first week of your, your eastbound hike on the GET. So Weaver's Needle is what? very... I don't remember that. Yeah. I mean, I really? remember going by it, but I don't remember it for a whole week. Oh, easily. Maybe you hike faster than he does. I was kind of yeah. out of it on that trail, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I don't remember the Grand Chimney Trail that well. <laughs> I Come think on. I was Get suffering back out from there. a heat stroke all the time or something. <laughs> all right, I'll do and... a quick... Go ahead, Peyote. Okay. No, Are we ahead. doing another minute on your trip? Nope. Okay. Um, a quick trip report. You don't want to tell us about a rock that you kicked on the top of one of these mountains, Peyote? No. I didn't kick any rocks down. <laughs> Hashtag mud <laughs> falcon. Not <a> one. <laughs> um, since the last trail show, I did my second 14er of the year, which was Mount, or it was Humboldt Mountain. And it was only two hours from my tent to the summit and an hour and a half back down. And it was quite lovely and a lot easier than Mount Lindsay, which I had done two weeks before, which is now closed. Call back to a previous trail show item. Next person. Special. Special has a trip report. I went and joined uh, the PCT on the Durango to Silverton section of the CT. Uh, Cat Cat and uh, a bunch of her trail crew um, after call, after California closed, they, they they opted to come over and hike the Colorado Trail, so I joined them for the the first leg of that. Uh, it was lovely. We had great weather the whole time. Um, I think we got rained on for um, half an hour mm. the first day. That was it. Other than that, it was it was just blue skies and beautiful. Um, section is awesome. Hmm. So yeah, it was. Beautiful. It was pretty sweet. There's, uh, you know, there was uh, one day, I think the second or third day that we were out, uh, we got up to the high point for the day at like 12,000 feet pretty early in the day. Um, and then it was just kind of this rolling downhill after that with just these huge expansive views along the ridge. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good stuff. It's nice to be out again. Even if I didn't have my chrome dome to protect me during the during the really sunny portions, there was there was one pass that um, I probably could have had more water, but I I mean I didn't run out or anything, but it was just so hot. Like the entire time I was up there, I felt like I was just cooking from UV and just cooking from the temperature too. And there was you know no shade, not even a tree, um, like pretty much all the way up and over until like a couple of miles down down the other side 
So I was like, okay, let's go. I want to get to some shade. I'm a very, I'm a very white man. And that's how I have you. You know, this would be a good segue. Um, did we get everybody's trip reports? Am I leaving anybody? Yeah. Okay, Sun. So I want to do a quick wild card segment on the Sun hoodie craze that has enveloped high I am so interested in this because the Sun hoodie craze has like just it's crazy. sprang up on me. And I'm like wondering yes. why everybody's wearing Sun hoodies. I know okay. why they're wearing it, but why? But why? So let me let me for some background. The first time I saw a long distance hiker wearing an ultralight sun hoodie as their main layer was on 2017 on the Arizona Trail. I only saw one. And I just remember thinking, like, why is this guy hiking in the middle? It's like almost 90 degrees. It It's the middle of the day. Why is he wearing a long sleeve hooded item like and, and I just kind of wrote it off as like an anomaly. And now here we are in 2021. And that is all you see on trail. Um, minus D-Lo. And, you know, some of us you old don't see D-Lo on trail. But, so, you know. so, so POD, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you got a sun hoodie last year. And you, you like, embraced the bandwagon last year. No? No. What, was it this year? This year. Okay. Who's got the sun hoodie? POD, well, we actually okay. both do now. I. POD got one first though. And what do you like? What yeah, what's you, the review? Why, yeah, why did you get it? And what do you think? Because several people that I know, especially Twinkle and Grace, have been using them for years. And um, for me, it's like I always worry about the back of my neck, even though I put sunscreen there, and the skin on my ears. The skin on your ears is so thin. And I never get burned on my ears, but I just feel like they're getting so much UV, you know? Yeah, it's a good um, good place for sun cancer. Unfortunately. So, yeah, I cancer. so. And I always wear long sleeves anyway. So Twinkle and Gray seem to be stoked on their sun hoodies. So I went over to Treeline Review and looked at their review of sun hoodies. And then I decided to get the Mountain Hardware. Um, I believe this is called the Crater Lake. I'll have to look it up. And it's it was the thinnest of all the sun hoodies. And because I have a propensity to overheat i was like well that's the one that i'm gonna get and um and so what like what did you think like you wore it you wore it on the sierra high rod i wore it on 14ers i've been wearing it all summer i love it hmm. um i mean I, I already wore long sleeves um but the the nice thing is that you can above especially above tree line you can pull that hood up and if i'm even wearing a visor or a hat i can actually pull the hood over yeah. the edge of my visor and it yeah. like totally tucks in my ears and then with the sunglasses um and different sun hoodies have like a snap at the neck yeah. so you can get a little more protection in the front mine doesn't have that um i'm okay with that in really windy weather i think my my hood might blow down but i do put my sunglass arms on the outside of my oh, pro to tip keep it up to keep it up a little bit more okay. and in worst case scenario i can put my sun hoodie up and then put my visor on on top of that mm -hmm. if it's real windy um to keep it on i think it's pretty comfortable i was already wearing long sleeves i think there have been a couple of incidences where i'm like i'm hot yeah and i feel like those are times that would have been hot anyway we're hot so, regardless of what what you're wearing so yeah. i was um i was a bit sun hoodie curious after watching pod <laughs> after watching pod wear her sun hoodie I 
for two months. I but get it to Dilo, are you okay, man? What's going on? What's going on? Please take your domestic disputes off mic. Okay. Oh, sorry. Did you hear that? Yeah, we, we heard everything, man. Please. Okay. Very good. So I was sun hoodie curious, but I wanted to like one up POD. So I thought, okay, she's got this sun hoodie. So I was like, okay, how do I one up POD? A, I want mine to be lighter. B, I want it to be made locally here in Colorado. And C, I want it to be a more fun and festive color. So I, after much sleuthing, just hold it up to the camera. I, I found a company here in Colorado and Pagosa Springs called Vormi. Vormi makes a, it's called the River Run hoodie. And it is 30 to 50% lighter than the lightest merino wool ultralight garments. Again, made in Pagosa Spring. It's got the hood and it's got the snaps around the chin to hold her down. And it's got thumb loops on the, at the end of the sleeve. So I felt, you know, sufficient that I had one up POD. And I got to say, has like, loop. mine has thumb loops too. Yeah, but it's not as light. So I, yeah. I got to say, I was, I wore it and I was expecting to be vastly disappointed. I was like, there's no way, like, this thing's going to be hot. And you know what? It wasn't. The fabric is so damn thin and it wicks so well. And like PUD said, it provides sun coverage for the back of your ears and your back of your neck. And yeah, it actually wasn't, it never felt like stifling, which is what I was expecting. So I'm kind of sold on them. I don't know. Has anybody else tried them? Anybody? No, I know Dila has it. He's still wearing a flannel from like 10 years ago. I haven't tried one, but I do wear long sleeves, but I usually wear like a a, like a full hat, like with a full brim, not like the not no, just like a forward a, brim, like a fisherman's hat, hat or something. Mm-hmm. Like a sombrero. That looks ridiculous. Yes, like a sombrero. Okay. <laughs> it looks ridiculous, but I like it because you can still get airflow. But I yeah, and it still protects the back of your head and in your ears. But maybe I don't know. I, I had written these off as being probably too hot, but maybe I'll have to give it a shot. I mean. I worry a little with like the thinness. Is, are you still sure it's protecting you from the sun pretty well? UPF yes. 30. This one's UPF That's 30. Good. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Spesh, I interrupted you earlier. Sorry. Did you say you had tried one or no? No, I haven't tried one, but I used to have a, well, I still have it. I, uh, a wind shirt from Mont Bell. Oh, yeah. And I had the hooded version. And I actually really liked liked it for you know being out in the sun, um, and I would often put it on like as like a sun shirt. So the I would imagine I probably would like a sun shirt or what do you call it sun hoodie sun hoodie. Yeah, I imagine I'd probably like one um, just because I I really liked that the wind shirt, but when it was hot, it would definitely get really warm. And I yeah. liked the sun protection from it, but the the heat maybe not so much. So something that still breathed a bit more sounds nice. They do. They breathe nicely. All right. Just a quick little check-in on, on the latest craze in not only long-distance hiking, but day hiking, peak bagging, climbing. Everybody's wearing these damn things. And I figured, you know, I wanted to be a cool kid. Let's take a break. When we come back, We've got a whole bunch of audio clips that were sent in for mailbag, so you don't want to miss that. And we might 
read a few donors or donators this month. So don't go anywhere. Snack time. And I never listen to the trail show. We're sipping brews. D-Lo, what did you just crack? Oh, I cracked it a while ago, but I cracked a delicious Oktoberfest Imperial Lager from Avery Brewing Company called the Kaiser. Ooh. It is a delicious, very subtly malty, sweet Oktoberfest Mars and Lager coming in at a whopping 8.0 ABVs. Oh, my God. These are a seasonal beer from Avery Brewing Company. They come out um, when it's too hot to drink them, like two, three weeks ago. And then they'll be around for the next few weeks, maybe sometime into November. And I just, I buy them when I see them. $10 a six pack, absolutely delicious. Highly recommend it if you see it at your local beverage mart. What's the ABV? Eight. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good price then for a six pack. They could be they could be twelve or thirteen, yeah. but if you go if you go to a place that's discounted, you might find them for ten. I can find it for ten. Highly recommend them if you're looking for an Oktoberfest. You have to be in the mood for that style, though. If it's in the eighty-five degrees, sun beating down, you might not want to quaff a malty brown imperial October Oktoberfest lager. <laughs> yeah, even if it was a five point five, you know, Oktoberfest lager, that that's not quite Oktoberfest weather. It's got to be a little bit cooler. So maybe wait till the sun goes down and the temperature drops 30 degrees. That might be the time, but Just I highly recommend them. Big fan. If Avery would sponsor the trail show, it would be fantastic. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. All right. Probably won't, ha- probably won't happen though. We got a few missives for the mailbag this month. Most of, most of those were audio clips that were sent to us, but we did get one email. We got an email from an, an angry listener and I believe that Triple O has that email. All right. From an email sent to Trail Show Studio with subject line advice. Hi all, on episode number 108, the Southern Sierra High Route, I feel that you all's answers to ask a hiker questions were insincere, almost mocking. I think that to create an inclusive hiking environment, we need to be supportive towards newbies and all experience levels. Telling someone to drink dark liquor or smoke weed during an uncomfortable hike could be unsettling for people struggling with drugs or alcohol, PTSD, or mental health. Just saying. Also, y'all are way too mean to D-Lo in every episode, especially POD. Be nice. Sincerely, Cheese. Didn't we uh, listen to this one last last episode? No. No, we didn't. But this was no. this was feedback from the last episode. So I want to refresh everyone's memory by going back in time to Trail Show episode 108 to the Ask a Hiker question that Cheese is referencing at minute 56. I'm going to share my screen now, and then we will listen. And then I expect an interesting conversation afterwards. POD, please allow me to share my screen. I allowed everybody to share their screen already. 
that was a joke okay playing playing uh question two from ask a hiker trail show episode number 108 question number two important people of the trail show i'm a western hiker who plans to hike southbound on the appalachian trail starting in august I plan to start late in the summer to enjoy the fall colors and hopefully miss out on the heat, humidity, and ticks. I will likely miss the ticks, but I doubt I'll miss the heat and humidity. As a Westerner living in Utah, the heat and humidity are foreign to me. So if I find myself hiking in the wilds of Maine and New Hampshire with 80% humidity and temperatures in the 80s under a slate gray sky, I'd love to have some advice from the important people of the trail show on how to deal with the proliferation of perspiration that's sure to transpire. Thanks in advance, Domino. P.S. I love the show and I miss D.Lo. D.Lo, you shouldn't add P.S.s to these trail show letters. Why? It makes them so much more personable. Like, <laughs> I've got a suggestion. Like real, <laughs> it makes I've got a like suggestion for you, uh, Domino. And that is... Take your shirt off at every water source, put your water, your shirt in the water, and then immediately put it back on. Actually, that's a good, that's good advice. My that's advice a, would be that, to hike in as few articles of clothing yeah. as, as the bugs permit. Yeah. So yeah. if there's no bugs biting you yeah. and you're in the trees and you're not going to get blazed, blazing sunburns because you're above tree line for 10 miles or something crazy, just hike shirtless as long as you yeah. can without, you know, getting chafing from your backpacking straps or whatever. Yeah. Just yeah. And if you don't want to go shirtless, go with a button-down shirt, button-down front. That way, if insects, lack of insects permit, you could unbutton all the buttons and essentially have your shirt wide open. Um, so that'd be like the next best thing to going shirtless, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. Uh, I mean, basically sweating happens because you're already hot. And uh, if if the sweating doesn't actually cool you off, um, it's just going to keep, keep going. So really, you just have to find ways to stay cool. And that's really like move air past your skin or yeah. put cold stuff on your skin. Uh, so the cold shirt, like putting it putting your shirt in the water source and making it nice and cold. Yeah, doing the same thing with uh, with your hat um it is yep. a good thing if you're wearing a hat uh, or just you know use a bandana or something like that uh but if you can use uh water's evaporative cooling rather than your own sweat then you can maybe start to get ahead of it but it's tough if you're already starting to pour rivers mm-hmm. man it's it's tough to stop uh, that I, I certainly don't have any good tricks for that. <laughs> I would take advantage of all the water that you see because you will see a lot of water, and like like you said, splash it on you, put it on your clothes, get it on you. You know, like take don't a dip put it on your head. Pond. Yeah, no. do you like or, disco? Lake. Do you want to say the same thing again for the fourth time? Dump it on your head. <laughs> Dump it on your head, Domino. <laughs> Dump the Dude, water. I would on also your head. say bring to bring salt pills. Ah. Electrolyte supplements. Electrolyte so pills. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Gatorade powder. Yeah. Yeah. The pills are, I think the pills are a little better because um, like with the Gatorade powder and the, the electrolyte mixes, you got to drink a whole liter to get that quantity of salts. And sometimes you're sweating faster than, than what you can act, than what's 
like reasonable to treat the amount of water and transfer it to the water bottle, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I do bring electrolyte mixes, but the salt pills I think are great when you're just like, ah, I don't want to do another whole thing of electrolyte or I don't have any more, you know? What about the strawberry rhubarb hard rock 100 Goza from Avalanche Brewing Company? It's got a lot of salt in it. Would that suffice? Probably not. (laughs) So just Disco here chiming in. This is where the conversation starts to go downhill. And that was started by me, apparently, with the Goza comment. But let's let's continue. Let's listen. But I would say drink. You'd have to bring enough of it. I would say drink a lot of hard alcohol when you're sweating profusely like that. That will really help. That helps out, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, like maybe some brown liquor. Brown yeah, liquor, I mean, yeah. Pre- preferably with a straw. Yep. Yeah. Or even some, you know, or even some clear liquor like vodkas, because you know. Okay. Easier to digest. Yeah. That's great All advice. Right. All right. So that was that the was question. It? Yeah. That, that was, was it. That's what the. That's what we did wrong. I'm afraid so, Dilo. I'm afraid so. And listen, I'm going to go ahead and stand by our advice to drink brown liquor with a straw. <laughs> and I'm going to stand by my advice to drink vodka when it's, you know, 95 degrees and 85% humidity. I think that's great advice. Honestly, I think I thought we get we gave like some pretty good answers before we choked around about drinking yeah. liquor. Yeah, we did. I, I think you're spot on, Spesh. And I, I think that word joked is is especially crucial here and i want to point out a couple things to our our listener cheese who wrote an email to us with the subject line advice a if you look at the show notes for trail show number 108 you'll see a disclaimer at the bottom i'm going to go ahead and read that disclaimer because maybe people don't look at it. it says the trail show is a comedy podcast that sometimes talks about hiking and always talks about beer and absolutely nothing we say should be taken at face value or misinterpreted as truth. Enjoy. Um, point B for the record, I would like to, to, to point out once again, after nine years of doing the show, that our tagline is less gear, more beer. So there should be no illusion that <laughs> we are likely to talk about beer on this show. As a matter of fact, we've had a reoccurring segment on this show for nine years called Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. So with all due respect, um, our cheese made mention of uh, PTSD and um, telling someone to drink dark liquor, smoke weed during an uncomfortable hike could be unsettling for people struggling with drugs or alcohol. So I would just admit, if you're struggling with drugs or alcohol, that is a serious issue. And it's probably not a good idea to listen to a podcast with the tagline, less gear, more beer. And with a disclaimer that specifically references that we always talk about beer. I'm just, you know, those are just some some of my first thoughts. Do you all have any thoughts about um, Cheese's letter? Disco, I think that's great advice. This, the advice that you just gave to our listeners who are in recovery right now to not listen to the drill show is really good. <laughs> I think it's really good advice. <laughs> I think we're the wrong people to listen to if you're you hear, in recovery. Do you hear Delo laughing about everyone in recovery? That's why we all have to be mean to Delo. That's what I'm not laughing at anybody who's in recovery. I just think that we are really the wrong show to listen to if you are in recovery. 
or if you want like a serious show yeah yeah i mean we we have serious moments but we're not a serious show fleeting moments and i think and i think like you know we when we do give advice about stuff i think we do generally like try to give a couple of good pieces of advice but then of course we're gonna like make jokes and say silly stupid stuff because that's like (laughs) what we do it's like the show is like your your resupply like you do get like the cheese and the salami and the the stuff but then you also get m&ms and pop tarts and stuff you know you you get the the good stuff and the stuff that you know and and hopefully we're all pretty pretty clear which of the m&ms and the candy (laughs) (laughs) i think it's usually pretty clear when we're joking um I mean, I appreciate the 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 criticism and like it made us think about it. But I, I, you know, I agree. I, I mean, with our tagline being literally involving beer. Yeah, it's not the it's 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 we're gonna make jokes about beer on this show. I, I think that's and we're beer, probably and I think that's fine. Beer's <laughs> trails and nonsense is uh, yeah. another one. Another the other one tagline there. So and you know, I hate to belabor this, but. There's one other thing I want to mention, which is that question that we answered there on Ask a Hiker. Did If you notice how eloquently it was written, I, I hate to pull back the curtain just a tad, but it is quite possible that almost every month that there's questions that are read out loud on the Ask a Hiker segment that may or may not have been actually written by Mike DiLorenzo. Now, I'm, I'm, I don't want to cast aspersions, I don't want to cast aspersions <laughs> but just based on the PS at the end of that question that had something to do with the cheese or the, the listener really wanting D'Lo back, I'm, I'm just going to like throw it out there that it might be possible that that question actually was written by our very own Mike DiLorenzo. No, that's no, not. You don't know no. nothing about that. Okay. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. That would be kind of like a, a, journalism faux pas as far as i'm concerned okay so no journalists well, do not write do not write questions to themselves to answer D-Lo is not <laughs> used to making faux pas on yeah. the show so no. i i guess we never can, happened I, I guess we can end this mailbag item number one with a piece of advice to cheese which is you should probably never listen to the trail listen show the trail show all right i have all an right. item to share Please. Should I let so, you? Can you share your screen with us, Peter? Should I allow you to share your screen? See here. Dilo, why is it so complicated to share a screen on Zoom? What? Why can't it just be easy? Yeah. Why do you have to go into advanced audio settings like Triple O and and do weird things? All right. We'll see. We'll see if this works. Is everyone ready? I just wanted to call in and say congratulations to Buck 30 for calling in to congratulate himself on being the fourth person to talk about themselves for having through hiked all of the national scenic trails. As the Olympics has taught all of us, fourth place isn't even a podium finish. So who's going to talk about that except for the person who did it? Great job, Buck 30. Congrats. <laughs> wow. Shade. Oh man. It's getting warm in here, D Lo. Oh. It's getting a little warm in Ooh. here. 
I'm sure we're going to have some uh, some feedback from Buck 30 on next month's show, and I really look forward to hearing it. Did it I really be like Buck, really Buck 40 now? Buck I think four. Four 40. Buck 40. Buck 40. Buck 40. place. I would just oh. like to point out again that this is a tongue-in-cheek podcast. So whomever sent that missive may, may not have been serious. They're just Little, little playing around, little poking the bear. Yeah, and Buck Fourth Place, if you hear us and you're out hiking somewhere in the middle of the Midwest, like you are, um, you know that we love you. I think That's you right. should take it extremely seriously, Buck Ford B. <laughs> so I have it on on good word that Buck Forthy is somewhere on the Continental Divide Trail between um Cuba and Grants at the moment. Oh yeah. And I don't know what he's doing out there or, or who he's with, but he might be out there. So watch out. <laughs> All right. We actually had a couple more. Uh, uh, thank you, Fidget, by the way, for, for sending that in. Uh, we have a couple more <laughs> audio updates. Our good friend, Virgil, a.k.a. Moon Kid, who we haven't heard from in a long time, has resumed his hike. Woohoo! From- Woohoo is right. Resumed his hike from the bottom of South America to the top of North America. Last we heard, I believe he had to stop short pre-pandemic somewhere on the CDT in Montana headed north. That's all I remember. Um, let's get an update from Moon Kid and see where he is. Hey guys, this is Moon Kid. Uh, very glad to, to send you an update. I think the last one was maybe one year and a half ago. So, um, well, and sorry for my for my English because I haven't really spoken English for that time. But <laughs> so the yeah, for those who don't know what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do at least. Um, so in in 2017, I started uh, an attempt to across the whole Americas, South America, Central America, and North America on foot all the way up to the Arctic Ocean. And uh, I had to stop in uh, late October, November 2019 in Montana because of the snow. I wasn't really well prepared to get uh, snow on the the Continental Divide Trail. So I had to stop and um, this is uh, the, the resumption at least of the hike. I just uh, got to the US like uh, two weeks ago. So I'm so glad to be here, to be back on the trail at least. I have to admit it has been very, very difficult even just to to come here. I think that that was the most difficult part of the journey, maybe. Because, um, well, because of the pandemic, of course, uh, there, there, there were a lot of um, constraints um, in every airport and I had to spend two weeks in Mexico or in some other countries before even having the right to enter the USA. So I spent two weeks in Mexico City and that was a very good time. I mean, I was able to shoot some good videos and to meet the people, to discover the, the city that I didn't know, even if I I uh, crossed the country in um, 2019. But uh, I didn't go through Mexico City at that time, and it's such a big city. You have so many things to to see on the on the cultural aspect, and uh, well, just to meet the people. So that was very nice. And uh, after that, so I was able to have a flight to Bozeman, and at last to resume the hike 
from um, basically from uh, Helena and Montana. Uh, so the plan is to finish the CDT and uh, to keep going on the Great Divide Trail, even if it's going to be very, very late. So um, I'm probably going to have like snowy conditions. Um, most of all, because the border is still closed for um, international people. So I have to wait until the 7th of September, meaning tomorrow. Today, we go. No, it's today. That's the day, actually. So I should be crossing the Canadian border right now, but I'm not because I, uh, I got batching on, um, on the second stage uh, of the CDT. So yeah, I'm really sad about this. I hope it's just a shin splint and not a stress fracture. Um, it's a little bit difficult to know because um, it, it only gets painful when I, I walk like, um, I don't know, 20, 20 miles or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I walked three days without pain and that was kind of uh, unbearable. So I was with medicine and all that stuff. But I mean, I don't want to keep going with that injury without knowing what it is. So I'm trying to rest up as much as possible right now and to be able to, to keep going and uh, in a good shape because after the GDT so I don't even know if I will be able to do the whole GDT still just an attempt uh, because of the snow most of all so I, maybe I will have to change a little bit of, my, of itinerary and um, to do some road walk or that kind of stuff I don't know yet we'll see we'll see there and uh, after the Great Divide Trail from uh, Grand Prairie more or less in Canada I'm planning to start another trail named the Trans-Canada Trail, which is much easier um, on the technical aspect. It's, uh, most of the time it's very flat, it's a cyclable trail, so it's not very difficult, but I mean, I'm planning to do it in winter, winter conditions. So um, the big uh, challenge will be to, to face very low temperatures in, in the northern part of Canada and uh, even above the, 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 the Arctic Circle because the, the goal, the aim is still to get to the Arctic Ocean. So I have the right equipment, but you know, I've never been in that kind of condition. So same, we'll see, we'll see, step by step, days after days. Um, yeah, right now I'm just completely stopped on my hike and uh, I hope very soon, hopefully at the end of the week, maybe I will be able to, to resume hiking and uh, to finish eventually the, the Continental Divide Trail. That's, uh, that's my goal on a, short, uh, on a short period of time. Glad to be in the US anyway and to have the, the mountains uh, as a nice scenery around me and uh, to be able to, to send you that update even if it's not very good news. I hope you are doing well and uh, have a good uh, hiking season. See you guys. Wow. Well, I hope his uh, shins can feeling great. better. Yeah. Oh. Good for on. him, man. That's a lot to to hold on, you know. Same with Fidget Neon, you know, like to yep. keep, keep they're keep out there, right? On. Yep, they're um on the GDT. Okay. Maybe yeah. they'll run into Mooncid. Although I think Mooncid's well behind them. But yeah. they're going south. Oh, then they will they run. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Have they have they crisscrossed on on the path before uh fidget and 
um, Moonkin. Yeah. yeah. They shared oh, a hotel room one night. They, that's they right. Gave us an update. Yeah. Okay. Well, they might get another shot at at least crisscrossing totally. again. That's random. Very cool. Thanks, Moon Kid, for the update. If you want to find out more about what he's doing, just go onto YouTube and type in The American Hike, and mm -hmm. you'll find his videos. We have one more audio clip, which I'm going to table until after break, because it's more of a trail okay. tip than a mailbag uh, item. Yes. So let's take our final break. We'll come back with a trail tip. Shout out to our donors. And we've got Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo. So stay tuned. This is Flamingo, and I never listen to the trail show. All right, folks, trail show is back. POD, did we have some donations this month? We did, and I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all these monthly donors who, yep. I mean, some of these people, you know, they've, they've been on here for years. Years. I'm going to read through the list as we always do, but, you know, just uh, extra special. Thanks and praise. Thanks and peace and love to all of y'all. Okay. We've got Bernard Wolf. Bernie. Ooh. Russ, not fuss, kinder. No fuss. Peg, peace, go gully. Bob what Walters. The Trevor, smoke it if you got the bowl, man. Bark it up. Sean Weedman. Bark it up. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Bark it up. Diane Pinkers. Stein. 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 David Bullabost, as big as your insert. Head, body, Bitty. part. Justin, quality, Knowles. Quality, quality. Ingrid Whoa. Gerard, Pat the Vermont. Bounder Dixon. Back on the trail, back on the trail. Weekend. Stephen the, the Hustler weekend. Russell, Ammon the Brute Bruce, Renee Shira Patrick, Wesley the Haggis Addict Greenwood. I need it. Kevin Chickby Cross and Sasha Sasha Honeydew Codet. That Tebow, not Tim Williams, cut from the Jags. Uh -uh. Tommy, uh -uh. the meat popsicle <laughs> Stevens, <laughs> Joseph Pecker Raro, hey, Brandon, <laughs> Lost Balls, Love Lady, where'd they go? Shira, Shira the Switchblade, and Brian, the big McNamara, Patty, Sisu, Madiskella, Gilbert, Dave, the historic. Prehistoric geode hail. <laughs> What's inside? Stephen Robin Hood. Tony Sheboygan Brewing Pets. Rachel Dibama Die Merchant. We tried, Just, Rachel. I'm sorry the Gators oh, didn't man, do it. Oh man, it was so close. It was so <laughs> oh, close. So close. <laughs> By the way, when I had the song raised this past weekend and I went to the register, someone had written Roll Tide on the damn register <laughs> so i made my made my own comments anyway uh, yeah eric <laughs> adequate they got johnson that'll do <laughs> adequate dant ho Mpson. Dan. Uh, nice nicely done thank you martin the rosswater schwank 
Raj. So raw. Richie, Rich Lemuel Glasgow, thank you for the, the coffee. Spesh actually stayed the night in my house. I was actually able to share it with him. And by the way, Spesh has a new address, so hopefully you haven't been sending coffee to his old address. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mark, the nuclear farmer, Homer, Remember. Sarah, Compass, Haynes, Wait. Eric Roberson, Roberson, Daniel, Fun Dip Sharp, Fun Dip, so fun, Kill Bill Cottrell, beep, beep. Bob, DMT, Trombley, A God Molecule, yes, Woody, Yukon Caboose, Bass, <gasps> Matt Frantum, the Opera, Tim, the Hooch Hoochins, Paul, True Love, not Blue Love. Jacob, the Iron Triangle Deutsch. Deutsch. Curtis Ware. The Ware. Curtis Ware, the the cutout. Curtis Curtis, the cutout Ware. Tyler, the Kerminator. Kermaid. I want it to be Kerminade. It needs to be Kerminade. It's only an NOA. It's really, I think you should just do it. Do it. Terminate. Just a shot mm-hmm. away. Yeah. yeah. Just a Ray shot away. Fitch. Oh. Marvin Maverick Castler. Maverick. Such shot a Maverick. Away. Andrew Paget. Oh. This is and Children. Special shout out to. <laughs> <laughs> special shout out to Through Hiker that we just came through. That I didn't get a chance to meet, but I did get to harass via text. And that is John Alabama Crotch Hood. Wait a minute. Al- Alabama, Alabama, what? Alabama now, Crotch. Did, did he take the name? Has, has I mean, he accepted the, Maybe he the, just grew up with that name. Alabama Crotch. He needs to get together to get with that uh, Rachel out. Merchant. <laughs> Rachel Die Bama Die Merchant. <laughs> oh boy. Alabama. Well, maybe Alabama crotch is like it's kind of like clown mouth because Alabama's like the crimson tide, so it's like red, you know? Oh no. So maybe <sighs> there's some like inflammation or some bad chafing. You know, I bet you some elderberry juice could work wonders on Ooh. that. Yeah. Mm. What about yep. ba- bacon grease, Dilo? Tonight's episode is sponsored by elderberries. The natural fruit. Yeah. That will loosen you up if you're having troubles letting things go. Loosen you up. Are you are you looking for intestinal distress? (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. So yes, thanks for that. We got a trail tip. Did we get through the donators? Yep. Great. And we got our one-offs. We didn't really have any one-offs. Just oh, Alabama Crotch provided us with hours of of um, of uncontrolled hysteria in the house on Friday night. So there was that. And we got a tip from the German vampire. So here we go. Hey, Trail Show. This is Vampire, the embedded trail reporter for the trail show for the European section, reporting from a nice roadwalk on the Via Dinarica from Montenegro just about to cross into Albania. It's 9.30 in the morning. One of the construction site workers I just passed um, offered me to drink some local moonshine. I don't know why I refused. Maybe the next time. 
and yeah i'm here with a trail tip for you you guys all know the problem your limited edition dyneema composite carbon fiber titanium long neck spoon just broke <clears throat> while you were stirring your uh, dehydrated edamame beans so what to do all the outfitters especially the ultralight outfitters in the albanian villages don't have a replacement so what to do and that's my trail tip you go to the next village you walk along the cafes and you check out the type of spoon they are using and you want to look for a, a plated aluminium long neck spoon and if you see one you go into the cafe and you correctly order a late machado yep that's how you pronounce it and then you pay take the spoon you don't even have to drink the coffee and there you have it a replacement for your spoon that's my trail tip vampire out coming up in the next uh, trail tip is um, the 10 best tools uh, for shortening your toothbrush <laughs> There's actually 10 tools to shorten a toothbrush. Okay. Um, any thoughts on the German vampire's uh, suggestion to go into a restaurant and steal uh, an aluminum plated uh, coffee spoon? I mean, maybe you could offer to buy it. If you steal it, don't get caught. You could go to a thrift store. The trail show yeah. stores. And you steal anything. Yeah. But if you do, don't get caught. And don't say we had anything to do with it. Because <laughs> we didn't. It was that guy who called in on you know, the show. It, it's a little different when you're in, in an Albanian village looking for a replacement spoon. Here in God's country, it's very simple to go into any fast food establishment and um, leave with the plastic ware that you were given with your Taco Bell burrito bowl. Just saying. Probably not going to last thousands of miles, but It'll get you up the trail for a couple of weeks, maybe a month. I've also seen people use their, their credit cards and driver's licenses as a spoon in a pinch. You could also get out and your knife or, or whatever and uh, carve yourself a spoon. Ooh. Yeah. True. You, can use your, you can use your credit card and driver's license yep. to buy a spoon, too. Or if you're carrying, <laughs> if you're carrying an MSR snow steak because you're a regular I never listen to the trail shower, then you would know that you could use a snow steak That's as a right. spoon. Don't read ahead, Spesh. Don't read ahead. But, but we may just be talking about that snow steak during our tent steak review. Oh, we are we? I didn't. I did not read ahead. Okay. You can use a, a trowel. <laughs> you can use a trowel. That's a very good idea. There you go. Yeah. Big, big spoon right there. <laughs> Dilo, did we have any ask a hiker questions this month? Just one. Just one. Okay. Um, let's see here. Will you cue up the music? Question number one. Dear Dilo, by the way, you are my favorite podcast stoner guy. First, I do not like chocolate. But I wondered, how do you, for example, Triple O, eat it? I can understand how that works in freezing German winter. But when it is hot outside, do you cut a corner of the package and squeeze? What if you have nuts, raisins, or cornflakes in it? I'd really like to know. And this question 
was also brought to us tonight by the vampire. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. So he's talking about a totally yeah. melted chocolate thing. Well, no. How do you? Well, may, how do you keep? First of all, how can you keep your chocolate yeah. from melting? Mm. Mm. First of all, you got to bury it in your pack. I mean, you're, yep. if you can really hide something down and deep in it, it can stay pretty cool, even in really hot and weather. And you have to pack it tight. Pack it tightly mm-hmm. in there, a bunch of amongst a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my but if it's already food. melted, you are. It's not going to be pretty. You might want to let it. You might want to let it solidify overnight, mm-hmm. and then store it, Eat it in the morning. In your pack, if you happen to leave it on top of your pack overnight on that ten mile above treeline trek at twelve thousand feet. Another no way wind. to <laughs> solidify it quickly is if you come to like a spring or something, you can put it in like a plastic bag and put it mm. in the water of the spring, and it will cool off very fast and solidify and then you can eat it but what do you do if you just need to eat that chocolate now then you cut the corner liquid. open to squeeze it in yep. what if there's raisins in in like almonds okay. and stuff just in cut it? the hole big enough just cut the hole man how big yeah. are we talking and, the, and then you want you want to like roll it Almond up so you get all the chocolate yeah use yeah, your like, tongue let's you go squeeze it out like a toothpaste tube what? I mean, it's just like eating chocolate sauce on an ice cream, you know, mm-hmm. like at the end when it's all melted and stuff. So Could you, you just... need something to to savor the melted chocolate on, okay. like a piece of bread or a tortilla. Could you split open the wrapper, lay it out flat, and just lick the whole thing until it's clean? Yes, you can. That. You can yes. do that, yeah. but it's it, going to get it's going to get messy, yeah. particularly if you have facial hair, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and and the the corner. Snip the corner and squeeze it. It is definitely the way to go. I feel like what you just suggested, Dilo, is what uh, nine-year-old children would do in this situation. You just called Disco by your own name. That's horrible. Did I call you Dilo? No, I said Disco. Yes. That's right. I was talking about nine-year-old <laughs> Play the tape. Run the tape back. You definitely <laughs> did. What you just suggested, Dilo, is what uh, nine-year-old children <laughs> Four out of five hosts said that you Dis- said Disclo. <laughs> but let me tell you this. If you are just cutting a corner and squeezing, you are leaving valuable chocolate inside that container. There's no way to get it all out. So I recommend doing that, but then opening it up and licking the rest if Agreed. you really want to get everything. I actually, well, I carry those Justin's almond butter packets. And when I'm finished, I, I get out my tiny scissors and I cut the seams off. And then I open it up and I lick all. <laughs> what? That's not true. It's true. I knew it. Ask Snorkel. She's like, what are you doing? Because I was like cutting the little seams apart. It's like getting all, getting it all out. Man. It, it's uh, Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with those Justin's almond butter packs. Those I should just carry a, a, the short jar with me because I have the willpower to eat a specific amount each day. So I should just carry the little jar. Yeah. D'Lo, do you think we answered that person's question i think we did and i think we did a very serious job when we did i don't think there was any joking around when we answered this question tonight which i think some of our <laughs> listeners will appreciate we Back can answer you. we can answer Back it now with slow. some joking if you like the bottom of the the bottom line is melted like hard chocolate is better than melted chocolate but melted chocolate is better than no chocolate Ooh, so yeah just Agreed. take it with you and do your best
And you can also, you know, pour that melted chocolate on your arm if you needed like some or more Or on salt. your Alabama crotch. Yeah, on your Alabama crotch if you wanted to like get like kind of like that melted salted chocolate flavor going on. So you could do that. You know, that could, could you use the melted chocolate in lieu of like um, some type of chafing cream? So like instead of rubbing, you know, some type of uh, chafing cream on your thighs, could you just maybe rub the cho- the melted chocolate there? I would say only you in could. bear country. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not gonna get, actually, that's not going to get it to to firm up and and like become solid again though. So I mean like yeah. yeah. But you might be able to attract a, a bear to your chafing region which could overnight which could be beneficial. And, yeah, someone that. else might be willing yeah. to lick it then too. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, Trail we're, games. We're, we're going down the wrong avenue. <laughs> Wait, here's actually a referral question. Does dark chocolate have a a better melting point than milk chocolate? I think it might. I think like a so. higher melting point, you mean? Yeah. Does it last that, better? And he, this is something. Uh, maybe I should experiment with this. Yeah. You're in temper. I'll, I'll you're take good. the take the bullet and experiment. Yeah, you could just tomorrow morning you just put a dark chocolate bar out on your sidewalk and a milk chocolate bar on yeah. your sidewalk. Yeah. And sit there with a stopwatch and figure out which melts first. Yeah. Which one boils first? And white chocolate. Also white chocolate. Ew, gross. That's not chocolate. That's candy. White chocolate isn't chocolate. No. Yeah, it's not chocolate. That's It's it's not good and it's not chocolate. No. All right, let's move past white chocolate immediately. Yeah, let's do that. That's agreed. Sorry I brought that up, guys. And you should be. you You guys don't like white chocolate macadamia cookies? Gross. I like macadamias and I like cookies. But All right, I don't let's like just move on. Let's just move on. Can we forget I said it? Forget I said it. Let's yeah. move on. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're coming down to our last segment of the evening, which is a tent steak review. And before I play our tent steak review, let's rock out. All right, we're going back. We're going back to the German <laughs> vampire once again has provided us with another missive from Albania. It's a tent steak review. Let's go. Hello, this is the vampire with a tent steak review from the Albanian Alps. I just left a herder's village and it's a wide open valley with pastures only. And obviously, I have some diarrhea. <laughs> so this was the, the first use of the Disco's uh, snow steak using as a shell. And the ground here is really shallow. So maybe some two or three centimeters of very compact root filled soil. And I was walking along the meadow and found a rock to hide behind or I found a rock from which I could see the least amount of farmhouses. Didn't really help to know that all the farmers and herders have binoculars and I had to do my business before digging my proper hole and yeah the snow stake really does his work good leverage feels good in the hand and after five minutes 
of hacking on the ground I was able to at least sprinkle my uh, diarrhea with uh, some soil um, I think digging a hole here would take much longer so yeah this is the first review of the snow steak used as shower oh well <laughs> the actual <laughs> okay spesh from a leave no trace point where what would you where would you like to start <laughs> oh gosh um uh, wait, 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 wait. First, I, I think he did as good as he could do. <laughs> yeah. And he was in like farmland, right? So like, yeah. probably poop everywhere anyways. Exactly. But yeah. wait, first of all, go back to the beginning when he's like, I'm out here, blah, blah, blah. And I, I have diarrhea, obviously. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I, I caught what? that too and wondered. <laughs> Is he just on an elderberry diet or like, why, why would he obviously have diarrhea? <laughs> It's it's the what's the chemical in elderberry, Dilo? Cyanide. Cyanide. I like how he said that he was able to sprinkle his diarrhea. <laughs> That's easy enough to do. It's, I, I'm you know. I'm pretty sure he meant sprinkle the dirt over the diarrhea. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Sh I I was not envisioning like sure. the mud butt, you know, like when it's like the diffuser. Yeah. Yeah. The spray. <laughs> Sprays. You get like a spray pad. A the blast, wrong shower setting. A blast zone. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I don't know quite what to say. Um, I'm glad you're trying out that snow steak. Um, maybe you'll you'll be uh, bequeathed with with nice, soft, rich soil at some point to dig a proper cat hole with that you can actually dig before uh, you release, as it were. Yeah, I just I hope he keeps having diarrhea and then he keeps calling us and telling us about it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't have diarrhea, but if he does, I hope he calls and tells us. Yeah. Yeah. German vampire, keep him coming. We we and love. Thanks. Yeah. thanks for all the awesome content tonight. Yeah. Too. yeah. It's really it's been amazing. Yeah. All right, this is the part of the show where the show ends. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Flamingo for speaking to us about California's three pass loop learn more at hikingflamingo.com big thanks to all our hotline callers all two of you uh you two can say your piece by calling the hotline call it right now at 720-893-2269 thanks triple o big thanks goes to bombadil for tonight's frosty beverages uh thanks goes to all our monthly great monthly donors get yourself a limited edition mud falcon sticker and a trail show koozie right now by heading over to paypal.me slash the trail show by clicking the paypal button at the trail show.com you can always find us at the trail show.com of course we're on twitter at trail show and on insta and facebook at the trail show we're on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your favorite podcast shows another trail show is coming gone but don't fret We'll be back in October for our Halloween Boo Bash. Happy Halloween. It is guaranteed to be full of beers, trails, nonsense, and spookles. Sounds haunting. Please note that the first use ever of the phrase tort law came on tonight's trail show episode 110. <laughs> <laughs> Until next month, for POD Special 41, Triple O, D-Lo and Flamingo, I'm Disco. 
Ciao. Tort law. Tort law. Yeah, we're gonna need. Tort we're gonna law. need. Tort law. We're gonna need doctors and lawyers and attractive nuisance medical <laughs> experts. Medical attractive experts. nuisance is a legal yeah. term, but it should actually that'd be actually a great trail name. Attractive <laughs> nuisance. That attractive would be like that. That's a good trail name. Yeah. That's that's a fantastic trail. But yeah, name. we gotta get we gotta get people on our staff from from those professions to just help us out because I gotta hunt. And also, we're gonna get some really harsh feedback from the leave no trace people next month. I just know it's coming. Hey, we tried to set the record straight. We tried. Yeah, it's too late. It's too late. Was it the the whole disclaimer thing is just going to be glossed over? Nobody's going to read that. Man, we're done. You think the diarrhea (laughs) cough like went through? I I scattered my diarrhea centimeters deep. Wait, can diarrhea talk really ever go too far? (laughs) I mean, it's a hiking podcast, so no. Exactly. Plus, plus, it's a nonsense hi- podcast, so well, also no. Especially, it's a comedy podcast that sometimes right. talks about hiking and always talks about beer. All right, I got to. Uh, I got Go Alabama Crouch is messaging me. I gotta. I gotta you gotta roll. This. Yeah. Tell, right. uh, tell Good luck with that. We said hello. Hope the antibiotics help. <laughs> We're glad you found your wife tonight, man. We're glad yes. you. Me too. Me too. I was worried. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Till next month. All right. Good night. Ciao, ciao. All right. Time to unshrink myself. Um, I'm not exactly sure what we're talking about, but uh, POD's probably right. Unsolicited parties were offering her peanut butter, pro bars, chocolate, (laughs) jelly, fresh baked bread. What? Charcuterie plates. I'm a very white man, and that's how I appear. So what to do? What's up, Trail Show? Going down to South Park, gonna have myself a time. Friendly faces everywhere, humble folks without temptation. Going down to South Park, gonna leave my woes behind. Are you prepared to play Fidget's audio?